0: Hey guys hold your horses it's fucking emergency uh this is a, a special edition of the airpods podcast uh internet radio if you're nasty
1: uh, i'm jamel i'm peter michael is in an undisclosed location without a microphone um and it's our weekly emergency episode we, we don't, don't do emergency we don't do emergencies.
0: look we don't do emergencies unless it's really freaking
1: serious And listen, this one is serious as a summer basketball heart attack. Jamel, we have a special guest on the line, a real, actual basketball reporter, writer, human being, someone who I can't believe you coerced into joining us tonight, (laughs) Uh, a writer for SI, covering the Clippers, for The Athletic, covering the Los Angeles Sparks. Welcome to the AirBuds podcast, Sabrina Merchant.
2: Thanks so much for having me on, guys. This is great.
1: Oh, uh,
0: man. Thanks for doing it. And uh, Sabrina, I'm sorry for lying to you. I told her that we own Reader's Digest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could so, probably get whoops. you some kind of plug in there still. Uh, we're, just, we're just glad you're on board.
2: Well, depending on how this you know, half hour goes, I may have to hold you to that.
1: We have pulled you away from a Lakers game at this very moment, which I'm assuming you're invested in. The Internet says you were born and raised Los Angeles. Can you confirm?
2: Yeah, I I think uh, Santa Monica Hospital still has my records. Wow.
1: Whoa, whoa. That is... Bars, bars. (laughs) That's more legit than anyone I've ever met who went to Harvard-Westlake and has a cocaine problem. Yeah, you
0: you motherfuckers think you know what a smoothie is? You think you know? (laughs) Y'all don't know shit, baby. Yo, being from Santa Monica, are you from Santa Monica or just born in...
2: I lived in Santa Monica until I was like five years old. Now I'm just LA. What's Santa Monica...
0: No, my bad. Was it, like, thugged out in the uh, 80s and 90s? Was Santa Monica, like, crazy?
2: No, it was not. Okay. I mean, maybe I didn't notice when I was a five-year-old, so it's hard to say.
1: Yeah. Do, you, yeah. do your, loy- your loyalties lie specifically with the Lakers, or are you like me when you go to a Lakers-Clippers game and just root for all baskets?
2: My loyalties lie specifically with the Lakers, mm. but I have grown fond of the Clippers in the time that I have been covering them, so...
1: And how long have you You been covering them for?
2: Uh, Two years now.
1: Okay, that's the perfect amount of time because we had uh, season tickets during Lob City, and that was the worst time to enjoy (laughs) the Clippers. They were just – they hated each other just as much as the fans hated them. It was –
2: Oh, man, I love those little Chris Paul and Pau Gasol little dust-ups.
1: Oh, my God. It was uh, (laughs) – Nothing makes uh, me
0: happier than a dust-up, man. God, (laughs) I love getting fucking
1: dusty, man. The way Chris Paul looked at all of his teammates, I would consider a dust-up, to be honest.
2: One of my favorite things to do while watching basketball games is to identify who I think Chris Paul's least favorite teammate would be. Mm.
1: Hard hard during the Clippers years, because it felt like it was actually all of them.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, it's interchangeable, it changes. Right now, his least favorite teammate
1: has to be Diallo.
2: Yellow? Oh, I would say Nerlens. Oh,
1: yeah. Come come on. Good one. <laughs> but oh, it's also shit. only a matter of time until he starts to get upset with, like, uh, Gildras Alexandra's shine. Like, I mm. feel like, you know what uh, I, I mean? You're going to have would. some, like, you really? I mean, it's like he's just too young and too excited to be hanging out with Chris Paul. Post another couple more, like, 2010 and 20s and uh, call me in the morning. Yeah, I'm have with you, see. Peter.
2: I think he's going to it's going to wear on him fairly soon.
1: Yeah, once he he realizes he's there past the trade deadline, I think all bets are off. Oh, well, yeah, no.
0: He's going to be cool until that trade deadline. Then everyone's getting touched. No, no one's safe. Uh, People are getting socked in the mouth at breakfast.
1: Sabrina, we had you on because – well, actually, we've been trying to have you on for a while because, truth be told, um, Jamel is probably, like, number one Washington Mystics fan on the West Coast. But we are a – Super pro WNBA podcast. And the emergency alarm was sounded because there was a collective bargaining agreement that the Internet is telling me is monumental. And we wanted to talk to someone who could explain it to us because we are idiots.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not sure that I approve of the Washington Mystics fandom, but (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) I, I approve of all WNBA fandom. It's, it's almost, all good.
0: I almost lost it. I'm bringing a lot of toxic male energy to women's <laughs> sports, and uh, I'm not afraid to do it. I feel you like are only
1: focusing that toxic male energy on other men, though. So that is a good – Yeah. That, 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 I feel like that, that ab- absolves you of all your stuff. I saw. Yeah, I
0: think that's I, about right. I saw a guy in a Charlotte Sting hat, and I put him in the hospital. <laughs> I just didn't – I just don't want you around me.
1: We are pro everything WNBA except for Derek Fisher.
2: Oh yeah, I uh, I can relate to that. Uh, let's hope this doesn't get back to him.
1: I mean, <laughs> listen, Derek Fisher always welcome on the podcast, just like Candace Parker. Obviously, not at the same time, but we are. We just, I mean, that I feel like that didn't get enough shine about like what the hell happened in that that last playoff game, and just. With Derek Fisher apparently being terrible at coaching in general.
2: It's funny because uh, Candace has her own podcast now, right, with Kristen Ledlow. Yeah, it's good. Um, they were Sweet talking pie. about load management in one episode, and she was like, well, you know, I was unwittingly load managed in the playoffs last season.
0: Damn. Yo, that's fucking awesome. Come on, man. You got to play your stars. I hate when coaches like have some sort of like moral compass that's like
1: way off. Well, also, he doesn't have a moral compass because he also seemingly never had, like, a game plan for the entire season. Like, it seemed like the Sparks thrived in spite of him being on the sidelines wearing his, like, you know, two-toned men's warehouse suits.
0: Yeah, it's like he studied under Phil, but he didn't do the same amount of acid. You know what I mean? Like, Phil was, like, coaching off vibes, dude. It was all vibes. And I don't think Fish understands the vibes. I don't think he ate mushrooms like that.
2: I will say, uh, Fish's um, X's and O's are not his strength as a coach. But if you want to find good things in his Sparks tenure, you can find good things. If you want to find bad things, you can find bad things. I feel like it's, you know, he gets a lot of uh, grief because he's Derek Fisher.
1: Sure, sure. He's all about, he's not about the X's and O's, he's about the Jills and Joannas. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. (laughs) I feel like that was, that was. That was I, hey, that was like I at least a, a four out of ten, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's I'm,
0: solid. I was gonna let it sit there. I appreciate <laughs> any attempts, is what I'll say.
1: Hey guys, we'll get back to the show real fast, but first we're gonna tell you about Untuck It. Bros, you ever seen an untucked button-down shirt before? Fucking gross. Gross. They look terrible. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there is Untucked. Original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on talls, shorts, slims, not slims, athletics, guys of all ages. I actually did just wear a J. Crew shirt to a stand up show and it was untucked and it felt a little skirtish. It was a little skirty. I
0: always wanted to wear a skirt though.
1: You, I mean, you still can, man right now we're a podcast that is definitely pro skirt that's fine
0: you know me i'm a i'm passionate about porky Piggin, right you are i yep. love to wear a shirt no pants out in public yep well then, untuck, untuck it's is, it is perfect for that. No, it's not.
1: Untuck it is is not good for that. We'll <laughs> oh, get too okay. much. We'll get too much. We'll get too much action of Michael there, and that's why you can choose styles like wrinkle-free button-down, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With untucking your shirts will never be long and baggy, so you cannot be porky picking. Guess you're
0: right. I got too much ass to cover up. That's on right. Yeah, their I mean, website. Is yeah, that is.
1: Website <laughs> is super easy to use, and even the whole page is devoted to helping you find their fit. So, whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuckit is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Back to the showza. Uh, so, all right, let's get into it. Just treat us like we are the Muppet baby idiots that we are. <laughs> the, um The WNBA just came to a new CBA agreement that people are calling groundbreaking. Why is this such a big deal and why should we as WNBA loyalists be really excited about this?
2: All right. So first things first, I think the most important thing about them reaching an agreement on a new CBA is that means there's a season this year, which... Was in jeopardy. I don't know that everyone was fully aware of the fact that there was potentially a lockout happening this summer, I which did. means I was we wouldn't, not. yeah, we wouldn't have WMA basketball. So the fact that they were able to come to an agreement is first and foremost the most important thing. Just because I wouldn't want to go through a summer without WMA basketball, that would significantly hamper my summer experience. So big picture, we have a season, and this collective bargaining agreement lasts through 2027. So that means eight more years of WNBA basketball, although there is an opt-out after six years. Okay. So that's that's big picture. Uh, second thing, I think what the players have been promoting the most uh, is that this CBA really improves player experience. Uh, so I'm sure if you follow the WNBA, you're aware of the travel issues that the teams go through, how they're stuck on these delays and players have to sit in middle seats even though they're, you know, larger than normal human beings and it's not comfortable and they have to perform in peak athletic shape and sitting in a cramped plane doesn't exactly provide the best environment for that. So they've been haven't upgraded to charter flights, but they have upgraded to Economy Plus or at least comfort. And all stars
1: class. Yeah, All
2: Stars can upgrade to first class. So that's a big, big change for them, at least comfortable seating while they're flying. I know Candace Parker said once that she After winning the title in 2016, they were in Minnesota and she had to fly back in the middle seat to Los Angeles because that's all they were allowed to do. Uh, So this is this is a genuine upgrade that they're allowed to have better seats on planes. And hopefully like they had chartered planes in the second round of the playoffs this year for the WNBA. So maybe that's still an option for uh, postseason games. I know Cheneo Gumike said on ESPN that there is the option to get charters, you know, down the road i don't really know what that means it's fairly vague but the fact that charters are in the discussion is at least a good thing and then it's sneaky
1: it's sneaky for um my degenerate gambling purposes but anytime you see a a wmba player complaining about the flight in the middle of a Mm back-to-back i am always taking the home team Yeah, Um, that's uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to I don't want to send anyone down the the dark path that I've gone. But it is uh, if if you should definitely go on Twitter and look at some of the horror stories of them flying through. Another thing that I saw is that their compensation is almost tripling the average player. Is that true?
2: So this is a little tricky because it's not quite tripling. All right. So the current WNBA salary cap is nine hundred ninety six thousand dollars per team. I bring up the 996000 because it's such a stupid thing by the WMB that they couldn't just round up to $1 million to make our math easier. Um, but it's currently about $1 million per team. They've raised it to $1.3 per team, so that's a 30% increase, which is nice for all 12 players. The maximum salary has gone up from 117000 to $215,000. Um, and then there are bonuses that players can... Add on top of that for winning MVP or making all-star games or, you know, being named old defense or first or second team, all WNBA, uh, winning awards, things of that nature. And then on top of that, there is this marketing budget that the WNBA has to give to players during the off season so that they promote the league when the games are on session. And an individual player can receive up to $250,000 in that marketing money. So when you add all of those together, an individual player could make upwards of $500,000, but that requires essentially winning like every award and getting the full allotment of that marketing money.
1: Which is like, so someone can make like a short film about the WNBA? <laughs> like, how do they determine who's getting like two hundred and fifty k to market?
2: I think it's like, you know, they have to go to events or like camps for young basketball players. I mean,
0: oh, no, I Brianna means-
2: Stewart was like technically in ambassador of the league this year so i think she was making some of that allotment money but yeah the salaries don't actually go any further than 215,000 but there's other methods of earning compensation oh and there's also this like in-season tournament that they're going to have now called the commissioner's cup shut and up the winning- they're doing it yeah they're- and the winning oh, team tight. gets 750k so 750k divided 12 ways that also gets added to your you know cash compensation mm-hmm. i mean
1: the, the, the WNBA regular season, they already play harder than the NBA does in, like, the first round of the playoffs. So yeah, absolutely. Like they needed more incentive to actually go after, like, some real cash. I mean, only means they're going to be, like, like just elbows are going to be flying and bodies are going to be flying like crazy next Yeah, time.
2: because, I mean, the, the rookie salary, I think, is uh, $50,000 for, you know, draft picks this year, and... Like we said, you know, 750,000 split 12 ways, that's 62k just for winning the cup. So you can bet those people on minimum contracts are going to be busting their asses off to win this in-season tournament. Do
0: I know you- I, if I made some memes. If I make memes, if I make pro WNBA memes, you have to give me some of that marketing money. <laughs> don't make me ha- I don't I don't want to go to every meet and greet for fucking uh You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jamel, are uh, you seriously asking
1: for the money that the, that the, that these women just negotiated for? I don't
0: want the money. I don't want the money. I want to see like, like, like Laisha Clarendon making like sick memes. (laughs) So are you offering yourself
1: in the pro bono meme service right now? Yes.
0: I will make memes for, Hey, if anybody in the league needs help making memes, I am your man i can't i can't say it any clearer memes gifs i could also um i could do original emoticons i will start a yahooligans page i can help in any
1: way (laughs) you are a man of the people if nothing else serena something i want to bring up which i wonder if you had any uh could, could touch on at all is i know that the um weak sauce uh, dirty reply guys out there had a lot to say about this collective bargaining agreement. And some of them bring up mm-hmm. that the WNBA loses about $10 million a year. Um, of course, not acknowledging that that has absolutely nothing to do with how the league is performing. For example, mm-hmm. I know the, um, much shittier MLS loses upwards of $100 million every year. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that in terms of what you think this will do? for the WNBA business or even do you think the women I know it's a long question but like do you think the the players are still going to be heading overseas as frequently now with this new CBA
2: So the overseas question is really interesting because part of the problem with the WNBA is that all of its players are essentially out of touch for 6 to 8 months out of the year because they're quite literally on the other side of the world and it's very much that out of sight out of mind where if they're not present, you're just not thinking about them and you're not thinking about the league, right? And because they play overseas, that means that they don't have time to rest at all during the season, which lends to higher rates of injury. And it diminishes the overall quality of the WNBA product too, which is a problem. So the new CBA actually is going to start mandating players to come to training camp on time, which they haven't had to do in previous seasons. If they've played overseas, they can just come whenever their season ends. So the league is trying to prioritize playing in the WNBA and the concession that they had to make, you know, in order to get players to report on time was, all right, we'll pay you more money and give you more money during the offseason. And they're also going to be making jobs available within the NBA family for WNBA players, mm-hmm. all of these things so that the WNBA players don't have to go overseas I think you'll probably still see some rookies and like first- to third-year players who have the lower salaries continue to play overseas, as well as internationals who want to play for their national team and such. But the idea, from what I understand, from what the commissioner has said, from what the WMB Players Association said, they don't want overseas to be like a mandatory option for most of the players. They want it to be a supplementary thing that some players do, but not the main source of their income.
1: It does seem like While this is clearly monumental, like a monumental shift in just like how female athletes are getting paid and how it sets the stage for also other female athletes in different sports to Mm -hmm. kind of um, demand like similar compensation, it still like to me does feel like the W, like the NBA could also just like throw. $15 $15 million of this problem and make it like all so much fucking easier. Like it still feels like there are so many things that are barely getting, you know, that are definitely getting better, but like one, you know, just like nice game check from whatever they made at, at Sacramento tonight could just like solve so many more problems for the WNBA and make the product like even fucking better. Heaven forbid they try to like go a little bit above and beyond to entice like women to like, you know, like the 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 league is clearly this was my first season since the Rockers were around, mm-hmm. like clear like really following the league. And it's almost like the potential for the league is almost as infuriating as it is exciting to watch.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Like you think about the fact that the Nets I'm sorry, the, the Knicks just like bought out Joe Kim Noah this season, right? So they're paying him sixteen million dollars to not pay for the Knicks this season. million is greater than the entire salary cap of the WNBA last season, so you could have doubled every player's salaries this year just with the money the Knicks are paying Kim Noah to not play basketball for the New York Knicks, which is just an insane thing to think about. And the way the NBA treats the WNBA is something that drives me absolutely nuts, because like you said, MLS loses $100 million a year, and they're still getting people to pay for new franchises with exorbitant franchise fees, they're getting publicly funded stadiums for the new soccer teams. That league has expanded from, like, 16 teams to 27 within the last decade. And all anybody wants to talk about is how the MLS is growing, even though it's losing so much money. Like, it's an investment to put that money into the league. We're not talking about the fact that they're losing money. We're talking about, oh, you need to put money into it to grow it. Yeah. But whenever not- Adam Silver talks about the WNBA, he's always saying, like, well, you know, the – It's just something that hasn't quite worked out for us. Like the marketing hasn't worked out for us. We can't figure out how to promote it. A way to grow a business is not to talk about how shitty the business is. When you want to grow a business, you talk about the potential of it. You talk about what good things it can do. You sound excited about it. You don't make it sound like a weight on your back, you know? And the fact that they're, you know, losing $10 million a year, chump change for NBA owners. Seriously, chump change. Think about all of the players that are currently sitting out, on NBA teams right now or have been bought out. Like, Timofey Mozgov or Luol Deng or Andre Godal is just playing golf in Northern California while Memphis pays him a $17 million salary. That's the money that the NBA is complaining about and they're unwilling to put investment into the WNBA while they're spending, you know, money improving the G League. They made select contracts in the G League more money than the highest maximum salary in the WNBA. They're putting money into an entirely new league in NBA Africa, which... Granted, I think it's a great idea. I just don't think that you can ignore the fact that there are women in your own country who are trying to get a professional basketball league, but spread your resources everywhere else before committing to them first. Like, the WNBA is always thanking David Stern for starting the W. I think the biggest stain on Adam Silver's legacy is the fact that he has shown really no interest in growing this product.
0: Hell yeah, yes. Bring that. That's what the fuck we talking about. We need some fucking Bernie Sanders on this goddamn That show. is what
1: I'm saying, yo. yo. Bernie Sanders vibes. Coming at you, Adam Silver. Yo. You Joe Biden, motherfucker. You, you show that you money fuck ass.
0: to these you ladies. Bitch. Hey, hold up, son. Joe Kim fucking Noah, bro. First off, hell no. Hell no. Who out there hasn't played for fucking eight years, dog? Nah, Joe Kim son.
1: Noah. Timothy Mozgov, Luol Deng can do for the WNBA what Jeff Bezos decides not to do for homelessness and hunger every day. You mean mean
0: to fucking fucking tell me... You mean to fucking tell me the money Chandler Parsons gets to look like a fucking bald eagle in a suit is the money we need to bring back the Houston Comets?
1: Hey, look, son. I'm off it. (laughs) It it is... I will say... Knowing more about it almost just makes me more furious. To be honest, Man, I'm,
0: about to, I'm about to lose my goddamn marbles. Dude. <laughs> I don't
1: believe this. It is like, and and that's the thing that's like, I understand everyone's like, "Yay, progress!" and this is so good, and it is, but it it's it's still infuriating. Like the in-game entertainment for a WNBA game at Staples Centers like surpasses Lakers and Clippers, and it's not even close.
2: Oh, absolutely! DJ Malski at Sparks Games is so much fun. <laughs> Sparky's crushing it. Sparky the
0: dog is fucking lit. I saw Tanache do a halftime show. Oh, yeah.
1: Listen, Vivica Fox just like runs courtside. Also, you know that you're going to be hearing like four verses of whatever Moana song or Shaka Khan song they stopped playing (laughs) two minutes ago. Like, it is like they are the most passionate, real fans in LA. And
2: And the product is so good. The players are so good. Like, the WNBA playoffs this year were outstanding. That Vegas Mystic series was tremendous. And then the finals, even though Deladon got hurt again, just, like, the level of intensity in all five of those games, unbelievable. I mean, she came back. It was,
0: like, it was a low-key Willis Reed. Yeah. She pulled a little bit of a Willis Reed. I'm not going to.
1: I feel like she was kind of Willis reading the whole season, to be honest. <laughs>
2: she's,
0: like. Yeah. For, like,
1: two years. Yeah.
2: She was, she's, ends up getting hurt all the time. Hey but when you get the ship at the end it works.
1: Worth it. it Worth works it. And like bo- there's nothing better than when we were going on her carpentry website with her wife and they're mm-hmm. like, yo. "Sorry, closed for the playoffs. We'll <laughs> be back soon." It's like, "You're a badass." Absolutely. Yo. God, I need to
0: make enough money to get a fucking uh credenza. Uh yo, but like all right. The thing about the overseas thing is because I'm like a super duper hoop fan, I I think it's cool that they play overseas. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's cool that they get a bunch of money, but I I wish it wasn't like something that they had to do.
2: Exactly. I think it's a nice additional thing that they can choose to do, you know, but I'm sure that most players, actually we we did a survey for the athletic this year where we asked all of the WMA players anonymously, like a series of 10 questions. And one of the questions was, if salaries were higher, would you still choose to play overseas? And I'm pretty sure over 60% said, hell no. Because that means you're playing basketball year round, which is just so hard on the body. And NBA players talk about this all the time where they get their skill work done in the offseason, you know, like you can never really work on your game while you're always in season, you know, it just makes it so much harder to get better. And you think about how good these players already are. I can't even imagine how much better they would be if they had the time to work on their games during the offseason, like, they'd be fucking
1: incredible. And it's also unfair because think about, like, the times that we've gotten – or, like, the basketball that's been taken away from us from, mm-hmm. like, Diana Taurasi or Sue Bird who are now, like, in the twilight of their career but are also kind of all of the time that they've played year-round is caught up to them. And you're losing out on these people, on so many different players who are still, like, recovering from just being – you know, from playing year-round for so long.
2: Right. Like, eh. Diana Stewart got hurt last year playing in the season, you know, and – I have to imagine that a lot of the injuries that we see in WNBA season are aren't helped by the fact that they've just been you know playing for months on end. Like when I talked to Neca, the president, you know, of the Players Association over the off season, she said this was the first year in eight years that she hasn't played twelve months in a row. That's obscene. Like I know we talk about how athletes like get this charmed life because they get played, paid to play a sport. Nobody works as hard as they do, especially when you never get an off season.
1: It is – the more you think about it and the more you hear especially um, Adam Silver talk about it, like, continuously infuriating that, like, this is how hard they had to fight. And it's still – there is still so long to go in terms of just giving them – and it's also, like – you know what it is? It's like any restaurant you ever work at and you're like, man, if this dude who owned this restaurant just wasn't the cheapest, like – C- corner cutting, grimiest, entitled piece of shit, then everyone would like working at this restaurant, and your restaurant would be, if you put 5% more into it, your restaurant would be 50% better. Mm-hmm. And the same goes with the WNBA's relationship to the WNBA. The way they treat it is almost like this burden instead of what you're exactly right is like a business opportunity and still growing and expanding and like actually tending to, you know, how you know they really don't care about the WNBA. We got WNBA League Pass last year, Mm -hmm. and it is the hottest fucking mess. It's like Windows ninety (laughs) five.
0: Yeah, they don't know what the fuck is going on. I will say
2: WNBA League Pass is still miles better than NBA League Pass.
0: Well, yeah, because you actually get every game. You get every game and
2: watch. And like, there's these functions where you can like say like I want to see all of you know Maria Vadiva's shot attempts, and they'll show you the shot attempts, and you can just like click to those spots on the laptop. It's an insanely better product than NBA League Pass, and it's still, like, super weird.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just using Safari too much, and that's on me. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, like, you, maybe you I... Listen, some Easter Adam egg. Silver, that sound lit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I take that back, but it's still just... Like, if you just cared, like, the tiniest bit more. Let
0: me ask y'all this. Let me ask y'all this. Okay. So, what's the richest contract in the NBA right now?
2: Uh, Chris Is Paul it? or... Who is it? I mean, I feel like we could look this up pretty easily. Uh,
1: it's not LeBron. It feels like it's... It's not Hardeen.
2: Is it Conley? No, I don't, I don't think it's Conley. Oh, it's Steph right now. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, slightly better Isaiah Thomas. Great comment. Slightly
2: better <laughs> Isaiah
1: Gee, Thomas. That's... I, anyway, look.
2: Are we was, talking, like, current Isaiah Thomas? or Yeah, other any iteration yeah. of
0: Isaiah yeah. Thomas. <laughs> yeah, Peter, Peter's... Peter's got personal issues (laughs) my the point is so what is actually fair the like I agree that they deserve exponentially more the only drawback is it is literally a shorter season than the NBA
2: oh absolutely and I think yeah go ahead go ahead no no just I'm just
0: wondering what you think what is like a fair number so average salary
2: I think the first thing that comes up a lot when WMA players talk about wanting to be paid more is how much of the revenue they get. So in the NBA's collective bargaining agreement, the men get in between 49 and 51% of all of the revenue that the NBA generates. So let's just say 50% for ease. Um, in the WMBA, the women have been getting about 20% of the revenue the Leaf makes. So it's not that they're getting paid too little, it's that they're getting paid not a high enough percentage of what the league makes Mm. and the league tries to say like, Oh, you know, all young leagues need more, um, need to take in more money than they give their employees because they have to invest more back in the league. They don't invest more back in the league. So I don't really think the league needs to be taking more money away from the players. What's cool about the new CBA is that there is a provision in there that will get the players to 50% of the revenue by 2021. But it says that only happens if they hit certain like revenue, revenue and marketing targets. I'd need to see the full text of the document to know what that means before they actually get to 50%. They've been, they've been blasting it like, oh, we're going to get to 50% in 2021. But I don't know who's setting these targets. I don't know what the targets are supposed to be. I don't know if they're reasonable or not. But them getting to 50% would be monumental because then at least it's equitable if not like you know, making the same amount of money.
1: Okay, it is – it does feel like somehow they're – like the NBA is kind of like biting – like, yeah, like kind of making their own product more difficult to thrive exactly. in every single way possible. <laughs> what about this? What if Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie <laughs> Bezos, just drops a cool – she's worth – I okay, hold on. Yeah, she's worth $37 billion. Jesus Christ. Just drop <laughs> – just like end hunger with 20 <laughs> – and then drop one bill on the on the WNBA and just become the queen of the WNBA.
2: Yeah, we'll get the Houston Comets back. We'll get the Cleveland Rockers back. Yes, let's. Yeah. Miami Soul, you know. Yeah. Sacramento, Sacramento Monarchs. Monarchs are, that's the one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Actually, they can they can stay home. I'd like to see maybe <laughs> let's get somebody else.
2: Yo, Tisha Penichero yeah. is one of my all time faves. Oh, Tisha Penichero's sick. Old Dominion yeah. University for oh, yeah. in the building. It's,
0: it's it's I love it. But she had to leave to get a chip. Oh, wait, is, is that not true? She won one in LA, but did Sacramento win one?
2: I don't think Sacramento won one.
0: Yeah. That's what I, that's what yeah. I thought.
2: But yeah, like the NBA talks all about how like, I don't know if progressive league it is and how they're so advanced on social issues. They don't give a shit about women. Like you can't claim to be a progressive league when you ignore 50% of your fan base and an entire league that's supposed to function like as a sister to the, de- the NBA. It's infuriating.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, it does seem like they're not connected.
1: It and it does and it, it's just like it is very Bernie Sanders vibes where it's like I know we're supposed to be happy and like we connected with you specifically to pump up why this is a good thing for <laughs> the players and for us the fans of the WNBA, but there's still just this shitty taste in your mouth of like you could be doing so much more than this bare fucking minimum for these <laughs> awesome athletes and people.
2: Yeah, and Uh I I do think that we probably could stand to celebrate some of the things that have happened, like 30% salary increases, you know, individual hotel rooms, better travel, uh, all of these accommodations that have been made to working moms in the WNBA, which is actually really important. uh, Full salaries while they're on maternity leave, you know, uh, allotment for child care. uh, There's money that's donated to any fertility treatments they need to take part in. So that's all very cool. And the fact that a women's league didn't have any of that is bonkers like can you think about the fact that this is a professional women's sports league and they didn't have paid maternity leave until this moment
0: for fucking 20 years this has been going on for 20 plus right that's fucking nuts if dudes got pregnant they would get like they would get like two percent of the team they'd be like yo we're just gonna your kid we're naming the gym after your child plus you get two percent on the back end bro
1: Okay. I just did a little math. They're getting five thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. for childcare, and I know they're not playing games every single day, but that is like only like fourteen dollars a day.
2: Yeah, it's it's not that much. Um but they're supposed to have like childcare on site at the practice facilities and during games.
1: That they have to pay for that? No no no. I
2: don't think that five thousand dollars goes towards that. Oof get me yeah. heated. Yeah.
1: <laughs> get me heated Man. T- uh, well, I think, listen, if it's going to make the product better and I think if it's our responsibility just to continue to drag the NBA and Adam Silver for this, like, absolutely, you know, if, if, if they wait till 2027 to do to make the next round of improvements, I mean, the oceans will probably have swallowed us all by then. But, right. Like still, like, shame on the NBA for not treating this like they're treating any other business venture.
2: Um, so I have a question for you guys, actually. Sure. Um, I thought it was a little strange that the announcement came on Good Morning America, instead of like, ESPN, which is a league partner. Now I understand if ABC is a league partner, then by definition, like Good Morning America is also within that bandwidth. But the fact that they had this announcement on a non sports show, I don't know, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Did that, I don't know, set off any alarms to you guys? Or am I just reading too much into this?
0: I mean, you know, I honestly it didn't trigger me only because the host
1: has the sports background. Uh, I was mm-hmm. going to say, I was this like do you think the only thing I can think is this specifically for Robin Roberts to make this announcement. Right,
2: right. Yeah. And like, I almost like, wonder I like, know, like is ESPN like holding football coverage to announce this on a Tuesday morning?
1: I mean, listen, ESPN's giving more shine to fucking WWE than they give to the WNBA. So, yeah. like yeah. But you're right. The, yeah. the
2: Robin Roberts thing makes it a little more acceptable.
1: Yeah, that's
0: about it. But I mean, you know, if I if I didn't hear Stephen A. Smith yell about the Cowboys every day,
1: I mean, how would we carry on with our lives? Off. Yeah, I might yeah. die. I might legit die. <laughs> it, it does feel like Disney treats Robin Roberts to the WNBA like Barry Melrose for the NHL. <laughs> it's like all she's missing is like the clown suit and they're basically kind of hawking the same like mm. vibe in some executive's mind, I feel like.
0: That makes mm. sense. But also, um, I mean, is that is that a bigger platform
1: than ESPN?
2: Yeah, I, I wonder if it's like, you know, we're we're doing this as a promotion of women altogether, you know, not just women in sports. So, it makes more sense to announce on Good Morning America. I just I mean I thought it was interesting because it, like the only ESPN coverage they had of it was the fact that Chineo Gumake works for ESPN so she could naturally say some things about the agreement because she's part of the players association yeah. um, but I don't I don't think they had any experts otherwise <laughs> like,
0: Yeah yeah the issue is it should have been on both cuz any mm-hmm. other major story like they're they're fucking stopping the tracks like mm-hmm. everybody's talking about it right now on each iteration. So like they definitely fucked it up there, which I don't get because they're airing the games. Once again, it's like you're you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, y'all are showing the games, you should report on the shit.
1: Exactly. ESPN and the NBA alike feels like they treat the WNBA coverage and like ownership like Paul Rudd when he's putting his plates away in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> okay like ah uh, uh, <laughs> <that's funny.
0: laughs> get it man i mean i don't know i feel i feel like at least it's walking in the right direction god damn cuz this shit before was insane
2: yeah exactly i mean i think they were you know kind of celebrating how long this agreement is for like look how much like stability the league will have, like we have a new agreement for eight years. And the entire time I'm thinking like, shit, we're stuck with these numbers for eight years.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. we're supposed to
2: be happy with this for another eight years. I'm sort it's... of
0: looking forward to the lockout. I think a WNBA <laughs> lockout is going to be sick. Cambage is going to be like, <laughs> like DJ big parties. You know what I mean? I it's hope she comes kinda... back
2: for at least a few more years. She hasn't committed to anything beyond this season. Mm.
0: Interesting. We're just trying to get a deal. If she gets a record deal, she's out. That's my yeah.
2: <laughs> See, what's interesting is one of the things that a lot of people were mentioning was that the new CBA makes it easier for players to become free agents so they're not bound to the teams that drafted them. That's not really an issue in the WNBA because anytime a woman doesn't want to be part of her team, she demands a trade and they have to trade her because otherwise she just won't play.
0: Well, fuck.
2: <laughs> because you can just not play. And say, oh, I'll just play overseas this year, and and, and
0: make twice the money. Exactly. Like,
2: like oh, yeah. your team is f. They they have to move you. Like Chaneah Gumake didn't want to play in Connecticut, they had to move her. Liz didn't want to play in Dallas, they had to move her. Well, I mean, it
1: does feel like the NBA guys actually just got hip to what the WNBA. Yeah, was. they just
2: stole. <laughs> I mean, I think they had a, a conversation with like Elena Deladon and Subert and Diana at like All Star Weekend. Uh, when they were like, yeah, you hear about these NDA trademans? Like, shit, I've been doing that since I was like in my third year in the W. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: man, which is sick. I can't like, like if I like, like if like, if like the improv does me dirty, I can't just be like, alright, I'm doing stand up in Switzerland. You get that? Like, I mean, you I don't, I don't need you. You think? I don't think yeah. so, dude. What's I, don't think, you? I don't think they like the N-word stuff.
2: Yeah. Care
1: yeah I mean, I, I hear the swap?
2: Netherlands is good for comedy yeah.
0: <laughs> You're gonna be like
1: I thought you' were gonna say the Netherlands <laughs> is good for the n word
2: <laughs> which is also true, which is that's a double
0: hey they hey Dutch people get a little racy last I checked last time that I checked to yeah that would have been grade. much
2: funnier my my bad for missing that opportunity Peter.
0: <laughs> hey, it's so, fine. No, that's listen. a lot. you put it off the glass it's you put okay, it off the glass yeah. and we got there we got there.
1: Listen, Serena, this is our first time running the three-man weave together. So, you know, it's only going to get sharper when we have you on next to talk about. What do you have? Any any thoughts on the Clips or the Lake Show? I, mean, I know they're both kind of slowly trotting through the best, like, two, you know, like, the top two seeds, although it feels like it's exhausting both of them. Anything yeah, that you're looking forward to leading up to the All-Star break or potential trades?
2: Uh, I, I assume both teams are going to make a move. Um, it's just unlike the Clippers to stay pat, especially with this new front office. So I think something's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it'll be significant, like affecting the rotation players too. Um, can they give
0: Portland Harkless back? Can they just give him back?
2: <laughs> I don't think they're allowed to. You can't trade back to a team within the same year, can you? Ugh. I remember learning this role when the Lakers traded Lamar Odom. I just wanted him to come back so
0: fast. <laughs> <laughs> um... Who do you who do you actually think is going
2: to win? The title, I'm pretty sure Milwaukee's going to win. Whoa, yeah. spice. Yeah. Spice okay. level. I, I like just, that.
1: I, I just got uh, 60 to 1 odds. I put down a tiny bit of cheddar on the Indiana Pacers. Tell me that's insane. Fast.
2: No, no, I, I love that. I mean, my fantasy team this year has been carried by Malcolm Brogdon and Damanis Sabonis, so I'm all for it. I just picked up Depot too.
1: Yeah, so. and El- Depot's coming back. He doesn't have to be right until the playoffs, anyways.
2: And that team plays so hard; they're so annoying to play against.
1: So annoying. They, had yeah. a
2: couple
0: injuries they could do it, but it's going yeah. to have a couple people are going to have to go down.
1: I just felt like if I was going to set a small amount of money on fire, that was the most uh, intelligent way to do it.
2: Plus, it's a team that's kind of fun to root for, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Our, our our feeling on this podcast is. That the Pacers and the Raptors are just the true agents of chaos in the oh, NBA yeah. Eastern playoffs.
2: I appreciate agents of chaos; they make things far more interesting.
1: Hell yeah! That's also uh, that's also what, what Chris Paul calls anyone who upsets him on the, on the Thunder <laughs> an agent of chaos. Sabrina, <laughs> thank you so so much for joining us is there uh where can people find your writing and your work online
2: so if you go on i'm on twitter at sabrina jm that's s-a-b-r-e-e-n-a-j-m and you can find all of my work there
1: awesome well we will definitely get you out to our um undisclosed glendale location sometime when uh um when you're maybe heading down to staples center or something like that
2: yeah that sounds great
1: Um, We appreciate the time. Jamel, you got to plug anything? I mean, this is an emergency app, so you're going to do it all again in a couple days.
0: Yeah, so uh, I want to plug Life Alert. Uh,
1: (laughs) Check your pulse, baby.
0: (laughs) It's an emergency.
1: AirBotsPod.com. Podstar Weekend coming up February 13th live at the Virgil in Silver Lake. We will have more details and tickets to come. Check your Twitter threads. Peace out. Happy basketball.